heard that song before, maybe others if have not. But when you think about what Jesus done for you, that's basically what he done. He kicked down walls. He climbed mountains. He went through valleys. And he's still doing that today to get to where you are. Why, Pastor? Why does he do that? Because he loves you. Because he cares about you. And if you were the only one on earth today, and if we were back in biblical times when Jesus came, he would have done it all over again just for you. You say, Pastor, how can you say that? That's how much he loves you. He loves you with, the Bible says, an everlasting love. An everlasting love. And if you're here this morning and you don't know this Savior I'm talking about, I pray that before you leave this house today that you'll find him. That you'll make him Lord of your house, Lord of your heart. And leave different than you came in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father. We ask, God, that throughout the remainder of this service that you just be with us. Open our hearts up today to receive your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love today. Thank you, Lord, that you looked down through time. We wasn't even born or wasn't even thought about when you died on the cross. But, Father, you looked down through time and you saw us. And you said somebody and they need a savior. And everybody else needs a savior. And you died for us on the cross of Calvary. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much, worship team. Hallelujah. Let me say one more time, it's so good to have you on Easter Sunday morning in service with us. We appreciate so much you being here. If you're visiting with us and visiting families, I know they appreciate you coming and just being with them. And uh, seriously, we hope this is not the last time that we see you. Had a great time yesterday with the kids and uh, with the egg hunt and all the kind of stuff, the, the Easter egg glow, the glow hunt. I think that's what they called it anyway. That was pretty cool, getting back there, all the Easter eggs glowing and balloons. They've done a great job with that. Good crowd, but we appreciate all the workers and all of that that helped us out with that. But, uh, but anyway, we appreciate you so much. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, Chris, if you don't mind, just play softly just a little bit as I read this scripture behind me. Matthew 28, we want to look at the first 10 verses <clears throat> this morning. Many of you know that we're here today to celebrate the risen King. We're here to celebrate because Jesus conquered death and the grave. Hallelujah. But this morning, I want us to consider our victory because of his being able to conquer death and the grave. Some of you may have woke up this morning and you have not yet realized you're victorious. I hope you have. But if you haven't, then I want to just share some news with you. You are today. You're victorious today through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 1. Bible says, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow. 
And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. I like this verse here. He's not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Verse 7 says, After you do that, then go quickly. And tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed he is going before you into Galilee that you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so they went out quickly from the tomb and with fear and great joy began and ran to bring the disciples the word. And as they went to meet the disciples, there's a message right here in these two verses. I ain't got time to preach yet, but it's a good one. See, sometimes we'll run and we'll go with fear and haste and we won't have our eyes open on the king. But these two ladies, they had their eyes open enough and the Bible says, and as they went, Jesus met them. And he said, rejoice. And they came and they held him by his feet and they worshiped him. Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. There They'll see me. Let's pray one more time. Father, we give you thanks today. And we just pray in the name of Jesus today that you'd open my mouth and loose my tongue to say what I need to say. Open our ears to hear what you want us to hear today. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, hey, you're looking good today. (laughs) amen I hope some of y'all didn't do like I'd done just a while ago my wife bought a new dress for Easter and I just told her just a few minutes ago hey I like that dress that looks good hope you told her a lot earlier before I did mine but uh but uh you know most time on Easter Sunday morning you know we go buy all these new clothes and get dressed up and all that kind of good stuff for Easter I know you know this but let me remind you that today is Easter the most celebrated day of the year for the Christian faith. And we've come this morning to worship the risen Savior. There are many stories that have to do with the morning of the resurrection. Throughout the year, we give special attention to the joy of and possibly the power of the resurrection of Christ. Because Jesus has defeated death and he's defeated the grave. This morning, I want us to look at how this victory and how this overwhelming victory that God has blessed us with, how it has changed our life and still can change our lives. For example, if you look close at verse number nine, I want you to notice the response was for those who first saw the risen Savior, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. The Bible says when they went and they left and they went on their way that Jesus met them. And the scripture says that they beheld him and they came and they held him by the feet and they begin to worship him. There's no doubt today that each of us have different needs for our life. If we was to take time this morning and go around the room, every one of us would have different needs for our life. So we have needs today. But regardless of your situation, every one of us has the risen Savior today to behold and to worship. Those of us that know him and those of us that do not know him. Because the Bible says that there's coming a day that even those that does not know the Lord, that every knee will bow. 
And every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. And so I don't want to wait that long until I worship the Lord. I want to begin now to grab his feet, so to speak, and begin to worship the Lord. As we look at this scripture, I want to suggest to all of us that we have a need this morning. And we all know, know what needs are. But we have a need today to worship the risen Savior. Did you not know that you were created to worship him? You were born to give him honor. You were born to give him praise. You were born to bow to give him honor and to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. Now your situation this morning may be much like the the two women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. These two women stood near the cross. If you go back and look at the scriptures in in the gospels, you'll find that they stood near the cross. Mary Magdalene stood there desperately needing the redemption of the sufferings of Jesus on the cross and understanding the sufferings of the Lord on the cross. Salome, the other Mary, was in need of correction and instruction for her life. And maybe both of these women uh, were discouraged and maybe both of these women were disheartened at at the loss of the only person who was ever able to understand their life and who was only able to understand their particular situation. And I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt that way about Jesus? You, you come to meet Jesus because you knew that he was the only one that understood you. He was the only one that understood where you came from. He was the only one that understood what was going on in your heart of hearts and in your mind. He was the only one that understood what you was going through. This, I want you to think about this question even before you begin to answer it in your mind. You've got to understand that you've got to be totally dependent upon this man who suffered and died for you. I was telling the New Beginning class this morning, we may, we may, uh, we may can count ourselves privileged to, to accomplish a lot of things, Brother Roger, but one thing I need to understand is everything belongs to the Lord. I'm totally dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ today. When I come out, when I go in, wherever I go, I'm totally dependent upon the Lord. Listen to me, no one will ever know you and care for you like Jesus will care for you. No one will ever understand you like Jesus will understand you. No one will ever go as far as you need somebody to go with you at times except for the Lord Jesus Christ, our risen King. And if you have interest in finding any other hope this morning of understanding in that anybody else, you're going to sooner or later be disappointed because there's nobody that will understand you like our resurrected King this morning. Can somebody say amen? amen? I believe that both of these women are a story. Since this Jesus and since that, that in Jesus that there was a reason why they came to the tomb early. They understood, they listened to him. And they came to the tomb early that morning even though others had not came. Because they knew that their lives was totally dependent upon the Lord. They had no one else that loved them. They had no one else that cared for them like Jesus did. And I don't have time to go back and do a, do a search on, on these two Marys, but go back and read it of where they came from and how they got forgiven of their sins and how the Lord loved them. That's the reason that we've come to worship the Lord every Sunday morning, even though others may not come. Because we realize that we are in desperate need of his love and that we're in desperate need of his forgiveness. I want to encourage every one of you this morning to seek the Lord every day of your life 
not just one day a year and not just two days a year and not just one month out of the year but every day of the year you need to be thankful for the Lord's love in in your life today because he's the reason that you get up every morning he's the reason that you got breath in your body every day he's the reason that you're able to go and to come every day simply because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ you say well pastor I don't believe that I get up because I set an alarm clock. I get up because I have a job that I've got to go to. And that all may be true. But I would tell you, you don't get up because God put the breath in your body. You get up because he has blessed you. And he's the one that put the breath. And he's the one that given it to you. It ain't nothing that you've done on your own. Amen. He's the one that's blessed you. These two ladies, they come to the tomb simply because I believe they were totally dependent upon the Lord. And they... Didn't know what else to do. Two or three days before that sister reigns, everything was chaotic. Some say he was crucified on Thursday. Some say he was crucified on Friday. To me, it's really irrelevant. We know that he was crucified. He was buried and he resurrected. But their lives were shook up. The disciples' lives was messed up. It was shook up. They didn't have a clue what to do. Many of them went back to doing what they was doing before Jesus called them. That was just going, I'm going to go fish. Peter done that. Others did that. But these two Marys here, they came to the tomb because they were totally dependent upon him. They, Jesus loved them like nobody else. And because we realize that we also are in desperate need of the Lord. And so I encourage you, don't miss the opportunity. If we're not careful... We will allow the cares of this life to distract us from what we were created to do. As I told you earlier, we were created to worship the Lord. Let me try to explain it just a little bit better. The the details in this story may be a little sketchy, may be a little unclear about these two women, but there's a lot of, of speculation. But I believe that there's a good chance that both of these women had been up all night long. Either they had been grieving all night for their loss Or maybe they were convinced that today would be the day that they would celebrate the risen king. Let's just say they had been up all night because of the grief of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've met many people who will oftentimes, and you have too, that are set up many times late at night, grieving over the loss in their lives. Their hearts are heavy, and they cannot sleep. And there are times they become so discouraged and so disheartened over the loss that that we begin to even make ourselves sick if we're not careful. Disappointments can often be the cause of many of our illnesses, and we cannot rest many times, and, and we cannot relax often, and we cannot take care of ourselves and sometimes we're so convinced that we can't even go on we can't put one foot in front of the other the difference in these two women in this story though is although they have been discouraged and although they were disheartened they were not defeated I want to encourage somebody this morning if you're here today and you feel discouraged and you're here today and you feel disheartened don't be defeated today because Jesus is still alive he's still on the throne and he's still making intercession for you and I today amen I believe these two women had to had listened to Jesus often enough to know this they knew that what his death would mean
They listened to him enough to know that they were going to plan the rest of their lives simply because of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. These two women knew something that we must know. That Jesus may have died on a Thursday or a Friday, but then came Sunday. Hallelujah. Jesus had given the promise to everybody, but these two discouraged and these two disheartened women understood or either they remembered the words and the promises of the Lord. On one of the promises Jesus said, he said this, on the third day I will come again destroy this temple but in three days I'll build it back up on the third day I will be perfected and Jesus may have died on Friday but let me tell you Sunday is here and Sunday's on the way and he's no longer on the cross and he's no longer in the tomb but he's alive forevermore hallelujah hallelujah there's a lot of things you can't count on in this world But there's one thing you can count on, and that's the Lord. Hallelujah. You've got to listen to every one of his promises and plan your life accordingly. Don't ever give up on Jesus because he will keep his word. The devil may have thought he defeated Jesus on Friday. The devil may have threw a big party, so to speak, and said, we got him. The son of God's on the cross. Matter of fact, I heard him say, it is finished. I watched him hang his head. I watched him die. I watched him breathe his last breath. But the devil was in for a big surprise come Sunday morning. The same way the devil may think that he's beating you up. And you may think you've been left for dead. I want to tell you that if if you'll just get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a man of his word. And Jesus won't forget what he's promised you. Don't give up on Jesus. I don't care what you're going through today. Don't give up. On Jesus. I don't care what you're facing today. Don't give up on Jesus. I don't care what tomorrow holds. Don't give up on Jesus. I don't care what the doctor said. Don't give up on Jesus today. I don't care what your body says every morning when you get up and you ache and you grumble and complain possibly, but don't give up on Jesus. You've heard his promise before in John 14 where it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Because in my father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And this is what he said. This is the promise. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. And if I go and prepare that place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Can I just tell you, this could be the Easter Sunday that he decides to come back after his church. This could be the day that he decides to come back. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going so how can we know the way and Jesus said to him I am the way I'm the truth and I'm the life no one comes to the father except through me if you want to get to heaven today you got to go through the Lord if you want to make heaven your home you got to go through Jesus if you want to get to God the father you got to go through Jesus the son this morning amen Amen. hallelujah I like that chapter because you can skip on down to verse 27 After reading all of this, and Brother Reigns, it simply says, peace, I leave with you. (laughs) You You gotta understand, they were good, they everything was chaotic in their lives. Everything was messed up. I mean, they'd been walking with Jesus some three and a half years and listening to him and watching him perform miracle after miracle, watching him break a few loaves and a few fish and feed thousands of people. Washing him, open blinded eyes, and raising the dead to life. 
They were on a high. Man, can you imagine being in that kind of revival for three years? We was in one back in 1998 for eight months, and we was on a high. We felt like every day. But for over three years, they were watching these things. They were in revival. And Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now here, this is where it gets a little, little fuzzy for us human folks sometimes. Because we're so consumed with this world and we're so consumed with all the things that this world wants to give us sometimes. Jesus said, peace I give to you, it says, not as the world gives. Because the world ain't going to give you any peace like I'm talking about. The world ain't going to bless you like I'm talking about. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to my father. For my father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, when this happens, when you see me leave, in other words, when all these things are accomplished, in other words, that you may believe, that you may believe. I believe that Jesus wants to prove to you and I that he'll keep his word. Our faith in believing will grow whenever you see God's promises take place in your life. Can I just ask you a question? Has God ever promised anybody something and he brought it to pass? Can I just see your hand? Hold it up just for a little bit. God made some promises to you and it's already come to pass. Look around, folks, look around. Promises that God made. God will keep his word. But here's another promise I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that great hope of the resurrection. Hallelujah. That great hope of the resurrection. Now, we've all experienced this before, what I'm fixing to say. We've all experienced death. I've watched loved ones die. I've watched folks in my church, members of the church, die. I was there at bedside, Sister Rain, many times when those would just breathe their last breath. It's not a good place to be. It's a sad place. But I've been involved in that, and many of you have been involved in that. We've, we've come before coffins before of people that we know that has passed on, people that we love and people that we care about. But I believe, and I'm looking forward today for the hope of resurrection. Bible says in verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Hallelujah. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the Bible says the dead in Christ is going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. I don't know who that loved one is you're thinking about, but I know the ones I'm thinking about. I know the ones that's in my mind that I long to see again one day. But my Bible promises me that there's coming a day. I don't know when that day is going to take place. I don't know what hour that's going to take place. I don't know what day of the week or maybe on a weekend or whatever the case may be. But I know, Brother Ronnie, when it happens, my Bible promises me that the dead in Christ, those that have died in Christ, those that are part of God's family, they're going to get up out of the tomb one more time. They're going to get up out of that tomb and, the, and those that are alive and remain will meet them in the air and there we'll go together to where the Lord is. And the Bible says, thus we shall be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you, if that don't excite you, I don't think nothing will. 
Think about it is, it may not excite you because you don't know Jesus I'm talking about. You may be here today and you think, well, pastor, I thought this, this thing called life is just really what it is. It's you live and you breathe and you get up and you go to work and you do those, th- those things that you're supposed to do and you get married and you have kids and you raise families and you retire and you just live life on out and you just die and that's it. I'm going to tell you, honey, you ain't been living then. You've just been existing because when I die, this old, this old human body I'm talking about, see, I've already died once. I say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I, I see you standing up there preaching to us. Well, I've already died once. What are you talking about? I'm, I've given my heart to the Lord. I've died to my sin. I've died in my old way. I've died in my, li- in my, in my old life before. I'm a new man this morning. Amen. I'm a new person this morning. I'm alive in Jesus Christ. Now, this old body might lay down. But you understand, just because this old body might lie down doesn't mean I'm dead. (laughs) Because when I die, that is the beginning. Hallelujah. That's the beginning. This little place that that we live, our residence is just temporary this morning. Hey, man, that's not the place that Jesus is preparing for you and I. I came to church this morning. I don't know about you, but I came this morning expecting that today just might be the day. I got up this morning and began longing to see the risen king. I love Easter. Today just might be our resurrection day. Hallelujah. I'm expecting a resurrection promise to be fulfilled. Jesus has promised me that he would conquer the grave and I believe him. Amen. Listen to me. Don't you listen to the naysayers. They say, what, what's the use? They say, what's the use of, of coming to church? What's the use of, of coming to church on Easter? Nothing is going on up there. Everybody knows what the naysayers are, are saying about. The problem is that the naysayers only see a dark tomb and they only see a cold tomb but I can tell you what I see today I see an empty tomb today he's risen today they can't see the risen king they don't understand that there's new life in the resurrected savior Jesus said to this lost and dying world I have come that you may have life and that you might have it more abundantly amen how many believe that today hallelujah how many believe that today? You understand that Jesus has rolled away the stone. You understand that Jesus has conquered death and the grave today. He holds the keys. He holds the keys. This last week we was involved in every day, Monday through Friday, of Holy Week services throughout our community. And we listened to message after messages, five messages on the resurrected King. Him dying, him being buried, him resurrecting. One, one gentleman said that on Saturday, not sure exactly what time or anything like that, but somewhere in that process of Sister Lawson, of him being put in the tomb and him getting up out of the tomb, that he descended, the Bible says, into hell. And I already told you that no doubt probably the enemy had a little party going on down there, but Jesus busted through the gates. In his authority. And he took the keys. Hallelujah. That's exciting right there. That's exciting. He took the keys. I don't have to fear death no more. I don't have to worry where I'm going anymore. If you worry about where you're going, you may need to get right today. But I ain't got to worry about where I'm going today. 
Because I'm part of the kingdom today, amen. I'm part, of, I'm part of the family of God today, amen. I'm part of that group that when Jesus comes back, I'm going with him, amen. I ain't going to wait around for the second load. I'm going on the first round, amen. I'm going when he comes back. Come, Lord Jesus, oh, come, amen. Say, Pastor, you act like you, you threw living life. You just want him to come anytime. That's all right with me. That's all right with me. Let him come. I don't know of nothing that's holding me back today. But you may be here today and you can't say that. You may be here today and you can't recognize the fact of the Lord being your Lord and, him, and you giving your life to him. Naysayers, the scoffers, they act as though Jesus never rose from the dead. Some have even tried to say that God is dead. But he's brought life to every one of us. Matter of fact, I just read a scripture to you a while ago that said not only life, but he brought it to you more abundantly. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. And those of us who, who have this hope of the resurrection have, have times in our lives when we get discouraged and there's times in our lives that we get disheartened and we all understand that. But the promise that Jesus told us, I know what I have to look forward to. John tells us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I've already told you about it. He says, I've got to go away, but if I go, I'm going to come again. I go to prepare a place for you. We, as God's people this morning, have the hope of a resurrection. Amen. We have a hope of resurrection. That's really all we need. That's really all we need when you think about it. That's really all that we need. Think about this. Did you notice that these two women came to the tomb alone? Made a, we, we, we talked a little bit about that earlier. But when you think about that, they came early at the tomb alone. That happens to people at times who really want more and more of Jesus. When you get hungry for the Lord, now follow me here just a little bit. When you get hungry for the Lord, there's times that you'll go after him and you'll look around and nobody else is around you. You know what I'm talking about? Why do you say that, Pastor? Because when I get hungry enough for an answer from God, Brother Roger, I'm willing to do things that I hadn't normally done. I'm willing to stay a little extra time in prayer. I'm willing to push away from the table a few more meals. I'm willing to get alone with God when nobody else will go there. We fuss sometimes about having to come to church. We grumble sometimes about having to come to prayer meetings and we, we grumble sometimes about having to be involved in Easter egg hunts and all these kind of things. But really, how hungry are we for God? How hungry are we for God? You may look around and not see anybody else there. When I was thinking about this, I was reminded of the movie a few years back of The Passion of Christ. Many of you probably have saw that movie. I'm sure they'll show other movie, even this year they've probably shown it. I hadn't seen it, but... If you haven't seen the movie, I, I recommend go, go get the movie and see it. But I remember the first time that I saw that movie, Sister Sue, and I'm sitting there in that theater. And we're watching that movie. And, and I remember that when they got to that whipping scene of Christ, anybody remember that? That that was the most, one of the most brutal scenes that I believe I've ever, anybody's ever depicted upon Christ and the beating of Christ. And I'm sure it wasn't even close to what Jesus went through, but it was, it was close. And I 
sat there and there were times that I squinched my eyes and there were times that I, my body drew in when they would rear back and they would hit him with that can of, cat of nine tails and they would rip that flesh from his side and I would just cringe and others were sitting around me and they would you'd hear the moans and oh, they would hurt. They would in agony because of just watching a movie. Now, don't you understand something? Many people wouldn't even go see that movie because of that one particular scene right there. Many people wouldn't go see that movie because they couldn't handle the graphics that was in the movie. It was brutal. But there's another thing, Sister Marion, that it reminded me. He'd done that for me. And he'd done that for you. And he took the punishment for you. And he took the beating for me. And his flesh was ripped apart where he was unrecognizable for you and for me. He took that pain. And I don't understand how anybody humanly possible could stand what he'd done. But he did it for you and for me. He went through the beating for you. He went through the beating for me. He went through the beating for my family. And he went through the beating for your children. He gave his life for you. Even after all of that, even while after all that was gone and he was up on the cross, he even looked down, Brother Roger, he still had enough strength and enough sense about him to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. All the people that was around, all the Roman centurions, all the Roman guards, all the people that were there, his mother, the disciples that stood afar off and others that was there, Watching all of these things take place concerning the body of Jesus. And they, they watch the daytime become nighttime. And they listen to the earthquake and they watch the rocks rock, rock out of place. The veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. Giving you and I access to get into the Holy of Holies. All of these things was taking place. The Roman centurion that was standing there looked up and said, surely... This must have been the Son of God. Surely this must have been, but he'd done it for you. Listen to me. When you get hungry for God and you go after God, you might be the only one you know that's going after him. Nobody else may, at times, may be around you because you're looking and you're searching for the risen king. But don't you worry about that. Don't you worry about that. These two women, when they got to the tomb, Brother Rains. They got to the tomb and the tomb was already opened up. Earthquake take place. Angel sitting on top of that rock. They got there and he said, he is not here. I know who you're looking for. He's not here. He is risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. It's up to you how much you want to know about the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. I can't beg you. The Lord can't beg you. It's up to you to make a decision. I'm going to go after God or I'm just going to remain how I am. The story of Easter is no doubt to many people very confrontational. The biblical story of the death and resurrection is, is sometimes too confrontational for some folks. But I enjoy watching even children at Easter time as much as anybody but listen to me if you and I can get 
past the fact of the Easter bonnets that we used to wear in years gone by on Easter Sunday morning. And if we can get past the, the Easter baskets who is full of candy and full of chocolate bunny rabbits, and if we can get past the Easter egg hunts and, and all of the bunnies and all of the, the festivities and the, and the new clothes, then I promise you every one of us will have to decide for ourselves how much we really love Jesus and how obedient we will be to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Nothing wrong with the Easter bunnies. Nothing wrong with the Easter bonnets, except I don't see nobody with a bonnet on this morning. I, I'm sort of glad about that. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no issue with, with new clothes, and there's no issue with all these other things that we normally do at Easter time. But listen to me. After we get past all of those things, I got to get to the place where I realize who he is. Ain't about the bunny. Ain't about the egg. It's not about the clothes. It's about him. Question. Do you want more of Christ in your life? Do you want more of Christ in your life? Then this is what I would suggest. If you'll just keep looking in the empty tomb. Think about this. If you will just keep looking in the empty tomb and know whom you believed and that you're persuaded that he is able to keep what he's committed to you until that day, you may be the only one you know that who is interested in going to the tomb and looking for the risen king. Those ladies, they, they said, what else to do? I got to go. That was the last place I saw him. That's where I saw him put him. I saw Joseph and others take him off the cross and I followed them to that tomb. And it's the last place I saw my, the body of my Lord lay. That's where I'm going. They know what else to do. It's okay if we're the only ones, but I, I got a sneaky feeling that we may not be the only ones in this, in this house today. That there may be others along with us that wants to see the resurrected king. Think about it. Consider the guards at the tomb. I mean, just three days before, these guards seem mighty. These guards seem strong when they arrested Jesus. The Bible says they mocked the Lord. The Bible says they spat on him. The Bible says they beat Jesus unmercifully. The Bible says they nailed Jesus to the cross by his hands and his feet. The Bible says they took a spear and they pierced his side. But now in Matthew 28 and 4, look at them. They're cowering down in a corner because after the guards, after that took place, the guards shook for fear and they became, the Bible says, like dead men. I mean, these guards that were mighty and strong, they became like dead men. That's what the power of God will do for the enemies in your life today. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the power of God yes. means for you and I today. When I get discouraged and when I get delusioned and when I get just, just all beside myself, I understand the fact that Lord and his power is mightier than my discouragement. It's mightier than my disillusionment. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. It comes and it takes over. Why, Pastor? Why does he do that? Because of the victory. Because of the victory. 
God has the victory for you in the power of resurrection. Why? Because God's faithful. God is faithful. My Bible says kings and kingdoms will fall away. Mm. I don't know who you're putting your hope in this morning, but I hope it's not in kings. I hope it's not in kingdoms. I hope it's not in the government. I hope it's not in your bank account. I hope it's not in your job. I hope it's not in your children. I hope it's not in your spouse today because kings and kingdoms will pass away. But my word will stand. Those who want to rule and reign in this world will one day fall down and grab his feet and worship him like those two ladies. The whole world will one day see the reality of God's resurrection power. And if you and I have made Jesus Lord of our lives, we will be told the same that the angel told the two women, hey, don't be afraid. I know who you're seeking. It was Jesus who was crucified. But can I encourage you this morning? He is not here. He has risen. Hallelujah. He's risen. He's risen. Let me leave you with these few thoughts. How many of you are seeking Jesus today? Are you seeking Jesus who was crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the crucified lamb today? Is the Lord really Lord of your life? Then you've got no reason to be frightened today if that's the case. You, gotta, you, you only have a reason to be excited in the hope of the resurrection. Just like the women at the tomb. I'm looking forward to seeing the resurrected Jesus one day. I do not fear his coming. Hallelujah. As some fears his coming. And if the Lord should tarry, I am looking forward to being resurrected from the grave myself. But I believe that, that I might not go to the grave. I believe that the Lord could come before I go to the grave. But if I do go to the grave, I'm also given a promise that the dead in Christ is going to get up, is going to get up, is going to get up out of that grave one more time. We're going to see the Lord. We shall be resurrected in the newness of life. It's an exciting time. And if you have already seen it for yourself, then you got to do as the women was told. Even though they understood that Jesus was not there, the angel said, I want you to go quickly, go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen. He's not dead. He's alive. And if you've heard nothing else I said today, then you understand the fact that when you leave this place today, your responsibility and your obligation as a child of God is to go quickly and tell somebody else that doesn't know the Lord that he is coming. He is coming. He's alive. God's not dead. He is alive. Stand all over this house and give him praise today. Hallelujah. 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 We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Father. We give you praise, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worship Him, church. Worship Him, church. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want to prolong this altar service this morning. We're, we're going to be receiving communion together in just a few moments. But I don't want to get in such a hurry that I don't ask you about where you are today spiritually. Where are you? Do you have this hope of the resurrection? Is Jesus Lord of your life today? Is He Lord of your life? If He's not, can I encourage you today to give yourself to the Father? Can I encourage you today to give Him everything? To give Him everything. Give Him your heart. Give Him your heart. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He's longing for you. He's jealous for you today. If you'd be honest with yourself, with no one looking around, on this main floor and in this balcony today, wherever you're from, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, and you say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? That I want Him. I want to know Him. I want to know Him as Lord today. I want to know Him as King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why would you wait any longer? Why would you wait any longer knowing that if you died today, that you would bust hell wide open? Why would you want to wait knowing that Jesus could come into your life and save your soul? I wouldn't want to wait. I'd want to give my life to the Lord today. If that's you, just put your hands up. Put it right back down. We want to pray with you today in the name of Jesus. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to embarrass you at all. That's not, that's not what I want to do. But I do want to offer this King of Kings and Lord of Lords into your heart and into your life today. I want to give Him to you today in the name of Jesus. If everybody will, so we won't embarrass anybody, I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Our Heavenly Father, I come to you today a sinner recognizing my sin. And I'm asking you today, Lord, to come into my life. Take my sin and do away with it. And give me your heart and give me your life that I may understand what it means to be a child of God. Take the burden off of me. Take the chains off of me. And help me to be free in you. And we'll give you thanks in the name of Jesus today. We give you honor today for your salvation. We thank you for your blood today that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We give you praise today, Lord. Now give him honor and give him praise for what he's done in your life today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what a Savior. Reason. Oh, no, 
sun. Come on, sing it once again. Sing it again. Hallelujah. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that he's risen today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to go ahead and get your communion cup up, if you will. If you do not have a communion cup, uh, the ushers are waiting. Just raise your hand. They'll bring you one. Just raise your hand. There's some right up here in front of me, guys, right in the back. Some over here to the left. If you want to, if you want to partake in communion with us, we have open communion here at the church. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion. Anybody, anybody can receive communion. Go ahead and open up the top part of your cup and remove the little piece of bread. And just hold on to it for just a second. Anybody else need in the balcony, in the main floor, just raise your hands. We'll get communion. We have some up in the balcony, guys. We have some coming up there over here to my right. Thank you, Lord. While they're passing that out, let me just let me tell you this as a way of reminding you. On the evening that he was betrayed, Jesus was eating a meal with his disciples. <clears throat> During that meal, at some point, he took the bread and he blessed it. And he gave it and said, this, this is my body, which is given in remembrance of me. When you and I participate, as we will in just a few moments in the Lord's Supper, each of us, we eat a small piece of bread or a wafer, some a cracker. But we do that in remembrance of the Lord. It goes on to say in the Scriptures that in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And when you and I, we drink the grape juice, we remember the Lord and what he'd done for us on the cross of Calvary. And that his blood inaugurated the new covenant. Just as the old covenant was sealed by the sprinkling of the blood, the new covenant was established by the pouring out of Jesus' blood. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, whenever you eat and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we receive the Lord's Supper, it looks back to the death of Jesus dying on the cross. Some, some may say, well, pastor, is Jesus' death a good thing? Because it doesn't seem good. Even some of the things that you spoke about this morning, it doesn't seem good. It seems like a bad thing. And there's some that's very sorrowful concerning the aspects of his death. But the bigger picture is that his death is wonderful for you and I. Jesus, he was glad to do what he'd done. Now don't get me wrong, he was under some pressure. Matter of fact, the Bible says that his sweat became his great drops of blood. He prayed a prayer that said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. 
But he said, Lord, nevertheless, your will be done. That's how much he loves us. So the death of Jesus is a tremendous gift for us. It's precious. When we are given a gift of great value, when you think about that, a, a gift that, that, that involved possibly a, a personal sacrifice, we should receive it not with mourning, not with weeping and wailing, but, but what the gift giver wants to see is joy and cheerfulness on our hearts. We receive it with a great gratitude and person, an attitude and a, an expression of great love. We might even cry because of the joy that we have. Tears of joy. And so Jesus died so that you and I could have life. But the Bible says, as we've said earlier, that we could have it more abundantly. I believe that every one of us this morning, before we receive it, needs to examine ourselves. Is there anything in our life that needs to change before we receive communion? If it is, then change it right now. Take those few seconds and say, Lord, forgive me. Take those few seconds and say, Lord, I'm examining my heart. Please, if there's anything there, take it away. I want to stand before you holy this morning. Take your wafer, please. Luke 22 and 19. Again, the scripture says, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Would you take your bread? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you went through for every one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Your body was bruised. Your body was beaten. But you've done it all for us. We thank you. In the same way, after he took the cup, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is my blood, which is poured out for you. Take the cup and remember what the Lord has done for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, just for a moment, would you just stand there and just close your eyes and just worship Him just for a second? I'm going to let you go in just a minute. Thank you, Father. Is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at His feet we bow. The one who wore our sin.
his feet. 